What's up, everybody? It's your draft queens, Kate and Michelle. We are here for our fourth and not yet final episode where we're taking you through all of our fantasy positional breakdowns. Michelle, today we've got an interesting one. It's interesting, I think, because tight ends pretty cut and dry this year. How are you feeling about this particular episode? This is maybe my least favorite, but we're going to have fun with it. I know. I feel the same way. It's definitely going to be cut and dry. I doubt we're going to tell y'all anything you don't already know. But of course, we will give you the highlights and the lowlights, who to avoid. But I mean, Kay, we got to get right into it. It's it's so obvious like where the top three are and where everybody else sits because not even is it top, the top one, like the top tier and then a second tier. It's basically tier one and then tier 20. Like, and like it's not even close if you don't have one of the top three guys. Yeah, yeah. And maybe actually I probably, I shouldn't have teed it up this way. This was a bad host <laughs> job. Bad job, host Kate. Don't do that. This is not going to be a bad episode, nor is this going to be boring, nor should I not be looking forward to it. I do think that it it is highly strategic when it comes to tight ends, not necessarily who you pick, but when you pick them. So that may be a larger conversation today, Michelle, but I do agree that just in terms of who to pick up and what their rankings look like, it's pretty cut and dry. It's pretty cut and dry. Do you want to do the big reveal or should I? Hey, look, the big (laughs) reveal is Travis Kelsey sits at number one. Darren Waller sits at number two and George Kittle sits at number three. I think it's pretty undisputed, like everywhere that, that you look, um, you know, I, I wouldn't dispute it. That's for sure. You know, we talked a ton about Darren Waller last year. Props to that guy. I think he's a huge, huge asset for the Raiders. Uh, he definitely wasn't, you know, number two last year, though he was looming, you know, up upwards in that like top five, top 10. So Good on him for moving his way up. Travis Kelsey has had a you know a stronghold, you know at the top of the tight end um, position. Large in part, George Kittle has too, uh, on other than his his uh, stint of injury that you know he had. But he's back. He's ready. And really, when you look at it, like those are the guys. Now, I will say something funny that I've been seeing on the old internet lately. Um, of tra- speaking of Travis Kelsey, this has absolutely nothing to do with his physical sporting ability at all okay there's a very there's a funny meme going on because i guess at camp this week he like officially shaved all his facial hair off and i swear to god he looks like a completely different human being so there's these like there's these hilarious memes going around of like travis kelsey with like full beard then he had like a little mustache goatee situation and now he's got nothing and he looks like a different person and honestly he doesn't look very good so that's that shouldn't influence anybody's drafting of travis kelsey but it's just a funny thing to say (laughs) The first thing that comes up here is the world was not ready for a clean-shaven Travis Kelsey. See, there you go. And that seems right. Everybody's talking about it. That seems right to me. Everybody's talking about it. Wait, you don't think he looks good, though? I think he looks different. Oh, you know, he does look a little (laughs) bit different. Uh, uh, Yeah. uh, You know. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this is definitely worth looking at. I'm just saying, you know, it, it you guess what? If you still have the opportunity to draft Travis Kelsey, you should. I don't think that his facial hair status will make any difference. However, it just Maybe he'll be more aerodynamic. Maybe he will be. More maybe aerodynamic. He'll be even better. I just I saw the meme going around and it just made me chuckle and while we're talking about Travis Kelsey, I just had to throw it out there. If you haven't seen it, people go look. It's funny. It made me laugh. Now, so here's the thing about Travis Kelsey, too. The notable, if we're talking about these top three, here's a notable thing about Travis Kelsey. Uh, And I do, I would be curious, Michelle, for your strategic thinking around when to pick Travis Kelsey up. He is technically ranked number four overall. Overall. Between Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara by, like, the books, like the ESPN rankings. He is right up there with the best running backs. And obviously, in my opinion, it's way more valuable to stack your running backs and stack your wide receivers. Like, go deep there and don't worry too much about tight ends. Now, that being said, Travis Kelsey is basically a running back. So what do you do if he falls to you in the four spot? I mean, that's really my question. I I don't think that you can take... I don't think you can take him in in the first... Oh, man, I guess you could take him in the first round. This is tough, though, because this goes back again to, like, how many teams there are in your league. If there's, if there's like, 10, I wouldn't take him in the first round. If you're at, like, 12 or more teams, I might take him in the first round because you don't know what the hell's yeah. going to come back around to you with that many teams in your league. If there's 10, uh, that's still a little scary to me, just depending on where I'm drafting. Um, but certainly in larger leagues, and especially if you're at the bottom of the drafting and he happens to still be available, some of those big RBs that we've talked about in past episodes are already gone. Maybe even some of those mm-hmm. top wide receivers that we talked about in the previous episodes are gone. You know, and you may not love you know, sort of those tier two running backs that are left. Then in that instance, yeah, I think you do scoop him up. But it all just depends on how many people in your league and where you're drafting. Um, I wouldn't go too early if you're in the top five of your drafts. I, I wouldn't personally, but again, it's it's tricky, man. We played in a league last year, Kate, with, with 14 teams, and that gets ugly after like the second round of drafting. Uh, it's just ugly. ugly. So you don't yeah. want to let him fall too deep, but yeah, be look, be strategic about it. See where you land. See how many teams you have. Uh, in your league and and sort of take it from there and you know in, in a lot of the projections like you know he is sort of in in that range but um yeah it's you, it totally depends on the circumstances mm-hmm. and and then we come to Darren Waller and George Kittle who are number two and number three respectively arguably Uh, I do think a lot of people feel strongly about that. Then again, by the numbers, I'm not a numbers gal, but by the numbers that I've seen, they're pretty comparable. Darren Waller and George Kittle, to me, are interchangeable. Yeah, I think think here the key is... I mean, Waller, I think, is just on an upswing. I, I, I think uh, I think he's just going to be... 100%. I think he's on an upswing. I think that the Raiders really need him. I think he feels more confident in his playing. Um, and so I, I think, if anything, while I agree with you that there's definitely some interchangeability there, um, I, would, I mm-hmm. would probably err on the side of Waller because I just feel like his trajectory is definitely on the up and up. Um, people are talking about it. I, I think, actually, I, I don't want to totally misspeak, but I'm pretty sure that, like, Travis Kelsey actually did like an off season 
tight end camp. Like, outside of Kansas City Chiefs camp, like, he did sort of like a little camp with other tight ends. There was a lot of back and forth, you know, uh, uh, talking about, you know, who who's going to come out on top this year. Um, and I think Waller's just, like, amped up, and he's learning, and he's going to be a big, big asset for the Raiders and a big, big asset for anyone that drafts him on their fantasy team this year. Um, You know who could have used a tight end camp <laughs> this offseason, Michelle? Who? Tim Tebow. <laughs> Ooh, burn. Everybody sell those Tim Tebow. Ooh. Man, how many times can you get like fire sale Tebow jerseys? Like, cut, like, just stop. Just please stop. It's enough. Just stop, man. I feel sort please of stop. bad for him, just... but like, I don't. Like, stop. Stop it. I wish that he, he's just twisting his own knife. I know. Like, why are you doing this? Just just go ahead and go ahead and fade quietly into the background, yeah. sir. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take away from your Darren Waller comments, though. Uh, I think you're so right in that. He seems like, um, for me at least, I would say Darren Waller was one of the most talked about off-season pickups. For whatever reason, Darren Waller is the talk of the town yeah. right yeah. now. So something is going on. Now, on the opposite side of that spectrum, I wonder if we're a little biased towards George Kittle. He obviously was injured for most of last season. He did not get much airtime. However, he was an absolute monster in 2019. 100%. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, for sure. Like, I don't don't think George Kittle is going to drop off by any means. Look, he had some injuries to worry about. I think he bounces back from that. I still think he has a great season. We've talked about, you know, sort of the QB situation in San Francisco. Still a little bit TBD, but he certainly could be and will be probably their, you know, the main target over there. So no shade at George Kittle at all. I just think like you, I just think, I just think the momentum coming behind Darren Waller right now is like big um so big like he could have similar numbers to Travis Kelsey and and that's that's putting up some pretty big numbers you know what I mean yeah agreed um I have I have a maybe a theory that you'll disagree okay. with but I'm just gonna put it out there because we're talking about tight ends um so I do agree with that I think that we'll we'll see what we see from from George Kittle but he is always fantastic I would argue, and I think some, uh, uh, I think others may agree with me, in that Mark Andrews for me is a solid number four. The reason I say that, and I also think he could be grouped in with the tier one. I don't think he's better than Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or George Kittle, but I feel so good about Mark, Mark Andrews, especially if you're doing non PPR standard scoring or even half PPR. But he is so reliable. And he was my favorite, dare I say, my favorite fantasy player last year. I, I may go ahead and say it. I think that's, it's on the record now. So you I said say it. it. I mean, look, I don't think there's anything wrong with Mark Andrews. I absolutely do not put him in the same tier as Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or or George Kittle. Like, just no, no way. Um, I, no, mm-mm, I can't. But I, but still, like, to your point, old reliable, you know, over there. I mean, again, my only concern there is like, it would be Lamar Jackson, like, runs a lot, throws a long ball a lot. Like, and, and so it's not to say that that it's not a, a good pick. Certainly, if you end up with Mark Andrews as your tight end number one on your fantasy team, I think you're in good shape. But I, I definitely don't put him in that in that top tier category at all. 
I just, for some reason, I, I feel like there, there's got to be like a one and a half, you know, like tier one and a half, because then then you get to the Kyle Pitts of the world, the TJ Hawkinsons, and and so on and so forth, which rank them how you want. But I do feel like there's just a cliff that happens, whether it's after George Kittle in the third slot or after Mark Andrews in the fourth slot slash like tier one and a half for me. I just feel like after that, then the whole playing field gets pretty ubiquitous. I feel like it just flattens right out. A hundred percent. I mean, a couple of names that are interesting. And again, you know, as you start getting, if you get past those three guys, I feel like there's a lot of interchangeability and it's just going with your gut and also just riding the wave and see what happens in the season. Tight ends. Again, there's not as many as some of these other positions, so you definitely want to end up with someone that you feel you know confident with, knowing that you know waivers may be uh, may be scarce. Um, but I mean, look, <laughs> you know, you look at some of these other names on here, like uh, how does how does Noah Fant fare? I think Noah Fant had a pretty good season on Denver last year, but Denver's a little bit questionable. Um, Gronk. Everybody loves Gronk. Hey, never never mad at Gronk. The man catches touchdowns. Tommy looks for him. He is certainly not ranked nearly as high as, as you know, a Travis Kelsey, somewhere in that, like, 15 to 20 range. Um, but he catches the ball, and he scores touchdowns, and he's a beast, you know, and he's Tom's best friend, so that, that doesn't hurt. Um, I also think the whole going from Gronk, but, you know, I think the whole Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry thing in New England is interesting, right? Like, if you go backwards in time and you think about when Gronk was on New England with Tom, that offense runs a lot of of looks to the tight end. They haven't had strong tight ends since then, and so perhaps picking up these two guys puts them in a situation where they bring the tight end a little bit more back into the game with, you know, Cam Newton and or Mac Jones or or whatever, but I I think they may you know, those two pickups in the offseason, I think, were really good for New England. And I think it's going to allow them to go back to that, like, tight end heavy and tight end dependent offense. And both of those names, in my opinion, are really good ones to have. Yeah, I mean, if you watched, I'm, I will be watching, by the way. By the way, there is a Titans-Patriots preseason game that's happening after after we record this. Oh, did you know I didn't that? know that. Well, I just had to throw it out there because I was going to say I watched the first Patriots preseason game of their their preseason year or preseason yep. month. Um, and Jonu Smith looked incredible. I mean, I didn't really, I, I don't know if Hunter Henry was playing or not, but he just had some moments that were like, yeah, spark plug. There Let's you go. go. So I do agree with yeah. that. I do. And we'll see more when you play the Titans. And he was a Titan. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be interesting to watch exactly. too. But it's preseason. Yeah, so. preseason. Hard to I say. I preseason with a grain of salt, to be honest. I've watched a few games, but you don't get to see a lot of the guys that you want to see. And it's it's just different. I mean, look, it's exciting just in general because there's football on television. But at the same time, uh, for everyone out there that hasn't drafted yet, which should pretty much be everybody listening, take Take preseason with a grain of salt. It is not the regular season. There are certainly some things to, you know, watch and look out for, but uh, take it with a grain of salt, if you will. That's right. That's right. Well, I would say, like, my big takeaway from this, because I can't I can't speak to the people in the five spot and beyond, because like I said, I feel like when you get to, when you get past Mark Andrews, for me, then it becomes 
I don't know who you pick up. Then it's just like, you, it's it's TJ Hawkinson, it's Kyle Pitts, it's Robert Tanyan, it's Tyler Higby, Mike Gesicki, like all of these people who I just, I would say if you have to take a tight end and you're in the position in your draft order where, you know, like you said, Michelle, if there's a 14-team league and it's a snake draft and it's not coming back to you for a million picks, I would take one of those top four. I would. But other than that, I don't really think there's any reason to grab at a tight end this season. No, I just not, don't. Not too early. I mean, uh, you, we've mentioned Kyle Pitts a few times. Obviously, this is this is a new addition for the Falcons. Um, we've talked a lot about the Falcons. I don't think they're going to be that good this year. That said, they are a pass-heavy offense. And so you've got fresh blood. You've lost Julio Jones. Um, you throw the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think Kyle Pitts, you know, has a, has a pretty strong, you know, uh, first season out there. Um, Tyler Higby, I also like. He's definitely in that, like, you know, 10 to 15 range. Um, but I like him. I think he started to stand out for the Rams last year. And I would imagine um, he'll, you know, kind of stay stay in that sort of standout, you know, spot. Yep, um, yep. But yeah, I mean, tight ends are tough. And, 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 and again, it's one of those ones where, like, because there's so few, pretty much every name on the list is a name you know, you know, whether they're a household name or not. You pretty much know all these names. You just have to, like, hope that you get a strong one to start, know that there's a lot of interchangeability there, and, you know, kind of see where it goes. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm sort of, you know, like... I'm looking at like Dawson Knox on Buffalo. He's like way down, you know, way, way low down there. But like Buffalo's going to be good and Josh Allen's good and Buffalo throws the ball. So you know what? In my opinion, even if you're getting someone like later on or you pick up a second tight end, because who knows, maybe you scored Travis Kelsey and you need a backup for bye week or whatever. You look at some of these guys' names all the way down on the bottom, like, I'm not mad at that. Okay, give him, give him the 35 rank. But I think the Bills are going to be really competitive this year, which could mean more points for this guy, you know? So if you were to take a flyer, you would take it on Dawson Knox. Sure. If that's what we want to call a flyer, I'll call I'll call a flyer. I mean, I think, you know, his name popped up here and there last year. No, he's not, you know, top 20 or even top 15, but he's a Buffalo Bill and I like the Bills this year. So I think that helps the case. Okay, well, let me give you mine, which I think is way worse than yours, actually. <laughs> I think this is a bad flyer, but it, that's why, that's the nature of it. Um, I'm going to take a flyer for the fun of it, just for fun. Let's spice up the tight end position, because this is boring as shit. Let's take a flyer on Adam Troutman of the New Orleans Saints, because, you know why, Michelle? Because there is nobody else who's going to be on the field except Alvin <laughs> Kamara. That's it. And maybe whoever the starting quarterback is, whether it's Jameis uh, or not, whether it's Taysom Hill, Jameis, or somebody else, maybe they'll throw to him. Maybe they, they will. Might. They might. You never know. I mean, another one that's interesting that's a little bit lower down is is Gerald Everett moved over to Seattle. Obviously, Seattle likes to throw the ball, too. In Russell Wilson, we trust. Like, so... Could be another good one. But yeah, um, that is a very interesting flyer, Kate. Never even heard his name. I don't know who he (laughs) is, but I'm just reading. I mean, I don't even know who the quarterback is. Do we know who the quarterback is for the Saints? I don't know. They're still duking it out over there. So who knows? They're going to need someone to throw it to. Oh, my God. I think the moral of the story here is, Kate, 
We know who the top three are. If you get one of the top three, good on you. From there, depending on how many teams are in your league, don't go crazy. Make sure you've got a solid tight end. No. Make sure, you know, you don't even need to carry two tight ends, in my opinion. When you get to bye week, you get someone off the, the, no. the, the, the waivers, you're fine. If you're not in a position to get one of those top three guys, either in the first or the second round, just wait. Wait till the fourth or fifth round. See who's there that you like, and then you're fine. That's the strategy for tight ends, in my opinion. We probably should have led with that, shouldn't no, we? No, why not? We're, we're going to close with it. I want to close with it. <laughs> That's right. You stay for the punchline at the end. <laughs> stay for the strategy. You're here for the fun and giggles, and then at the end we give you the real exactly. business. No, I agree with that. I think in any league this year, do what Michelle says. Just sit on your tight okay, end. Okay, well, don't don't Sit do everything that I say, but I'm just I'm just giving you my 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 two cents on it here. But yeah, maybe maybe sort of listen, but have your own opinion. Don't only listen to what I I don't want to get blown up on you know social media of like draft queens told me to do this and it didn't work. Like, please don't do that. No crystal ball. <laughs> well, luckily, we don't have a crystal ball. It would be really handy though, Michelle, if we did because tomorrow. We are doing our final positional breakdown. We are talking defense. And defense by far is the hardest to plan for. We have no crystal ball. It could go wild, folks. So make sure you're tuning in. We'll give you more tomorrow on our feed at 8 a.m. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk defense. So stay tuned and uh, let's stream some Ds.